I've always been a sucker for a major league debut. I can't begin to imagine what a player feels like when he gets to the big leagues for the first time after years of pursuing that dream. And then, once he gets there, sometimes it goes well. But it's the third strikeout of the game for Thomas Hatch. What a great pitch. Sometimes it doesn't. For our guest today, I'm happy to report it went well. Let's find out what a major league debut is like. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is a swing and a belt. And a ground ball pulled to second, up with it, Biggio, and Hatch will get out of it. Walks a couple, but emerges unscathed in the first inning of his big league career. Thomas Hatch is a 25-year-old right-handed pitcher from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He spent three years in Stillwater, missing one season with an elbow injury, but returned the next year, was named Big 12 Pitcher of the Year, and helped lead the Cowboys to the College World Series. A third-round pick out of Oklahoma State in 2016 by the Cubs, Hatch was in double-A at the trade deadline last year when he was traded to the Blue Jays for reliever David Phelps. And less than a year later, he was making his Major League debut. And that's why we want to talk to him. Thomas, I'm a total sucker for Major League debuts, so thanks for indulging me. I appreciate you joining me here today. No problem. Thanks for having me. I want to talk about the debut, but let's start at the beginning. If, if we went back in time when you were a kid, like at what point did you realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this baseball thing, and maybe I can go to college, and maybe I can do something with this? When did that start happening? You know, like you said, a little kid, you always think that, but you don't know really how hard it is. I wouldn't say it became kind of realistic until I was maybe a junior in high school. I started maturing, started throwing a little bit harder. Um, so it was pretty apparent that I'd probably be a pitcher. But really growing up, I think basketball was really my first love. And it wasn't until that baseball seemed a little bit more realistic that uh, I went that path. And that kind of coincided with me knowing that I had a future in baseball, probably, like I said, around my junior year uh, in high school. Okay, just for fun, what's the greatest basketball moment of your life? What was your greatest game you ever had? Um, it seems pretty pale in comparison to baseball, but <laughs> I, uh, we won a, uh, our championship in eighth grade, and uh, I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good game in that championship game. I think I had six or seven three-pointers. <laughs> I was a spot-up shooter. <laughs> okay. I'm 53 years old. And if, and if my best moment was in eighth grade, I would still remember that like it was yesterday. Too. So it's good. Hold on to that. Don't, don't let go of that. Definitely. Will. What were your options coming out of high school in terms of baseball? So I remember my, my first scholarship offer was uh, North Carolina and <laughs> I didn't really know anything about the process at the time. Um, you kind of learn as you go and it, it happens really quick, really. And I wanted to commit on the spot, really. And my parents said, you know, calm down. You know, you got some time. You know, explore your options. And then I ended up, you know, through about the next year or so, which was from my sophomore year through my junior summer, I had um, quite a few scholarship offers. But ended up kind of narrowing it down to Stanford and uh, Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State was kind of a, a risk because – at the time, they had just fired their head coach. But luckily, I kind of knew that Josh Holiday um, had a chance. He was being interviewed. He was uh, recruiting me to Vanderbilt. And I knew Rob Walton pretty well uh, over at Oral Roberts. And I knew those were their two options. And lucky enough, they both ended up coming over. So me growing up an Oklahoma State fan, 
and those two great coaches being at the same school, um, it was just kind of a match made in heaven. Nice uh, when everything comes together like that. I mentioned that you pitched in the College World Series in your junior year. And in the opening game, uh, you were the starter for Oklahoma State. You're taking on UC Santa Barbara. Shane Bieber is pitching for them, and you win one to nothing. I know six or seven three-pointers in eighth grade is pretty cool, but I would assume game one of the College World Series is an even better memory for you. Uh, absolutely. You know, I, it's hard to remember a lot of the details because it was really a blur. You know, I, I remember warming up in the bullpen, and then all of a sudden there was a flyover, and I'm like, gosh, this is this is pretty real, isn't it? And, you know, there's 20,000 people in the stands. It was pretty overwhelming. Now, we had played in big moments, but never in front of something like that. And it being the opening game had a little bit of added pressure. But once I got through that first inning, I settled in. And even, <laughs> I knew Shane was great. But it, you don't really pay attention to what's going on when uh, the other pitcher's pitching. You're mm -hmm. kind of just focused on your own game. And it was nice because, you know, I go out, get three outs, and then before you know it, I'm going back out there. It's nice to have runs for sure, but sometimes it's nice to just keep going. Do you think that experience helped prepare you for your major league debut? In a way, yes. You know, we didn't have fans, so it, it, right. it was a different experience. Um, so I am excited for at some point to pitch in front of a big league crowd as well. Um, right. But as far as handling nerves and settling in, I, I believe it did. But I will say I was much more nervous for that game than I was my debut. <laughs> you get traded from the Cubs organization to the Blue Jays organization July of 19. You're coming back from a shoulder issue that had been a problem earlier in the season. You're starting to throw well for the Cubs already at the time of the trade, and then you get traded. How did you find out? And I hear from a lot of players like that first time you get traded, it kind of rocks you on your heels a little bit. You're not really expecting it. What was that situation like for you when you found out about it? I was actually with my family. We were in Chattanooga, and we were going to see Ruby Falls, which is a cave on Lookout Mountain. And so we're about to go down on the elevator, and I get a call from, I didn't have the number, but it was Jason McLeod, part of the Cubs front office. And I had an idea, because it's near the trade deadline. If I get a call, I probably know what that means. So I answered it, and I heard his voice, and I was like, I know what this is. You know, your heart sinks, because... In a way, I kind of compare it to being in college and then all of a sudden you get drafted and then you're in a new room with, you know, 30 other guys that are drafted with you. You get traded, you know these guys for three or four years after you get drafted, you're on this team with them and then all of a sudden your world's flipped upside down and you got to go into a new locker room and you have to learn all the new staff, everything. Um, so it is a bit overwhelming in that aspect, but um, yeah, no, the rest of the day, it was a blur, and I kind of, it's weird, I kind of compare it to uh, that outing in Omaha. That feeling was like constant throughout that day because there was just so much going on, and it was just overwhelming. Yeah, sounds like it. When you get to the Blue Jays organization, you meet Vince Horseman, who at the time was the double-A pitching coach in New Hampshire, and I've read a lot of stories, and they all talk about him saying to you, hey, why don't you throw that change up more? That's a really good pitch. Was that like the first conversation you had? Is that the get to know you? What do you throw? Let me see your stuff. Like first day meeting? I met the team in Akron and it was actually, they had a day game and we were traveling to Erie. So I had a, I had a bullpen. He had a chance to see me throw kind of a, just a light touch and feel. I mean, it was a chaotic couple days. So it was just nice and easy. Watched the game, traveled to Erie the next day. And then I pitched that second or third day I was there. 
So he really didn't say much until that point. Um, but once he saw me in the game, he saw what worked. And actually, it wasn't a great outing on paper. But as far as stuff, it was phenomenal. And I learned a lot of things. And one of those things was that my changeup really worked when I used it. So then we went into that next bullpen. And he was like, your changeup's really good. I don't know why you didn't use it more than you had before that third and fourth inning. And ever since he started emphasizing that, you know, everything was just rolling. I started using it, you know, behind in counts, early in counts, late in counts. And it really played up my fastball from that point. Slider started being more effective. And then confidence just shot through the roof from that point. The good thing about coming over to the Blue Jays was they really allowed me to kind of explore things instead of forcing things on me. Vince was very good about communicating everything that he saw. And that's one of the great things about everything here is that the communication and the allowance for you to be you is, is top. That's terrific. I'm sure that's the kind of thing that spreads like wildfire in a clubhouse too, when players feel that comfortable and know they're allowed to be who they want to be. Let's bring it to 2020. You come into spring training. We don't know about the pandemic yet. What did you think you were fighting for? Did you think you were working towards a triple A spot? What kind of a vibe did you get coming into Dunedin this year? You know, in my mind, I was just like, you know what? You can control what you can control, and I can go out and I can pitch and show them what I showed them in August last year. And um, I really felt like I came in in a good position. Um, I was in good throwing shape. I worked hard in the offseason and, and started throwing a little bit earlier to be in almost midseason form coming in. And I think it really showed. I had one rough outing, but beyond that, I think the biggest thing throughout spring was the fact that I got my feet wet facing big league hitters in small doses. I was kind of out of the bullpen, really. Um, and I, I really had one inning outings up until that last one against the Pirates. And I had a two inning outing in the fifth inning. So I got to face the real lineup for the most part and uh, did really well. So that did a lot for my confidence. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're being shipped home and we're in limbo for three or four months. And I basically, I threw to a net and I tried to kind of maintain what I had been feeling throughout spring. And I, I felt like I did that for the most part coming into a summer camp. You weren't even able to really pitch from 60 feet, six inches when during the shutdown, you were just throwing into a net to keep your arm going? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was in an apartment just south of Highland Park in uh, Dallas, Texas. And in, in an apartment, really, there's there's not much space to, to throw. So I'd travel up to a little park up the road, set up my net every day. I had a pretty regimented schedule. I'd get back to about 120 feet at times. But I'd come in and, and I would simulate flat grounds um, like a bullpen and work with all my pitches. You should be uh, like a spokesperson for whoever makes the net. I mean, look, I'm Thomas yeah. Hatcher. I made the big leagues thrown into a net. You can do it too. <laughs> right? The quarantine yeah. throwing program. Yeah. Once you get back to Toronto for summer camp, 60-player pool, it wasn't long before we in the media, you know, when we talked to Pete Walker on a Zoom call, and he was like, keep an eye on this guy. He's a sleeper. And his quote about you was, he's got quietly electric stuff. And he talked about how good your bullpens were and how poised you were. Um, did you get the feeling in Toronto that, you know, expanded roster, you never know, I, I got a chance to make this team? Yeah. I mean, I kind of went in with it again, like in spring training with no expectation. I didn't know how the roster would shake out. Um, I knew I had a chance, especially being protected this off season. So all I could do is go out and put my best foot forward. And just like I did in the first spring, I felt like I went in ready to go. And I mean, right off the bat, it's not like a normal spring where you have a couple 
you know, maybe a week or two before you start getting in games. It was bullpen, and then two days later, you're facing our lineup in live BP, and then you're in game-like situation five days later. So I ended up throwing, I think, in two games and one live BP, and then all of a sudden season starts. But I had a feeling, just based on how they reacted after my outings and how the stuff was, that I had a chance. But again, there's no expectations in baseball. <laughs> you have to just kind of play the day at a time, especially in a situation like this. I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get called up. Let's go to the debut Sunday. Take me through, like, did you sleep Saturday night? Was your morning routine Sunday the way it normally is? How'd you feel going into the whole thing? Uh, you know, as soon as I was told, um, I was fine. I was fine for the most part. I was calm and cool. I went back to the hotel, played some video games like a normal night. And then once head hit the pillow, man, thoughts start racing, heart starts racing. Um, it was hard to fall asleep. And <laughs> I woke up that morning and I was actually pretty tired. I, I was almost exhausted just from my heart racing all night. But once I got up and got going, I was fine. Especially, I think it was just based on adrenaline. But luckily enough, it was a day game. So there's not a lot of waiting around. So... You know, you get to the park, and I really had only about an hour of idle time before I started getting ready, which is, you know, about an hour for me to stretch and then basically to get into the game. Once I started stretching, getting on the mound and throwing, like all those nerves just disappear. It, it, it really was just like baseball. And it is a different situation than a normal big league season without fans. So it's hard for me to say what it would have been like or what I would have felt in that moment. But I can honestly say when I got on that mound, I was calm and I didn't feel any nerves. You know, it was just baseball. You started Choi with a first pitch strike. G-Man Choi, first pitch was a fastball called strike. So it, it, like you didn't need that to calm yourself. You were already in a good place even before you threw that first pitch. Yeah, I it really was. Uh, you know, lucky enough, I did crew a fastball and he, he was kind <laughs> enough to take it. But then I, uh, next pitch, I, I spotted up inside and, and uh, kind of got in on him and popped it up, which that really settles you in once you get that first out. You got the first two outs, then you walk two guys, and then Kiermaier comes up. So now you're kind of in your first big league situation right now. Left-hand <laughs> batter, veteran guy, puts the ball in play. Uh, did you have to kind of back off the mound and regroup for the Kiermaier at bat, or were you even keel through the whole thing? You know, I really thought that those two at-bats were really good. You know, usually I'd be a little upset about walking people, but, you know, they really worked counts. I felt like even the, the balls that I threw were competitive and were pitches that I, I wouldn't take back or be mad about. You know, after that happened, I, I was still pretty cool. You know, sometimes I feel like if you walk two people, it's like, oh, gosh, you know, get the bullpen hot. He's lost some feel or confidence. But, you know, I, I felt like I was in a good place even after that, just based on the pitches that were coming out of my hand. I think it was the second pitch of the at-bat. I actually, a fastball in that kind of leaked back over the plate, and he hit it pretty well, but luckily it was right to second base. So got out of that inning, and then uh, it was smooth sailing from there. Yep, three up, three down on the second. You come back out for the third, strike out Mike Zanino, your last batter. You probably knew, I'm assuming, you were going to come out then, that they were going to uh, bring Anthony Kay in to face some lefty. Well, we thought Choi was a lefty. As it turns out he's <laughs> yeah. a switch hitter. But, so I assume you knew you were going to come out. What was the moment like when you get back to the dugout after striking out Zanino? Your day is done. Your first major league outing is under your belt. It went well. Your teammates are waiting for you. What was all that like? Yeah, I kind of had a, a similar like feeling 
after the second inning because I, I was under the impression that that was it. And then they're like, all right, you got Zanino. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. And then uh, I go back out. I work a 3-2 count. And then I make the perfect pitch, which is, you know, exciting even just in that. But then knowing that that was, that was it as well was, you know, double. I get back in and everybody's like, all right, you're a big leaguer now. And uh, it really still kind of hasn't sunk in. But I don't think you can get complacent in this industry. So I'm just going to keep on thinking it's my debut every time out. (laughs) That's not the worst attitude. That's a good, healthy attitude to have. Now, this being a pandemic, did you celebrate with Netflix and room service that night? Or like, what can you do? We actually hopped on a flight and got in. Oh, right, uh, of course. We we got in at a decent time this time. But we were on a flight and uh, took a nice nap on the flight, caught up on my sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Was your phone blowing up pretty good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I actually took a screenshot of all the stuff just to kind of remind me. It was pretty overwhelming. Um, took me a couple hours to, to get back with everybody. It, it's a special feeling when you have that much support and uh, you see all that coming through. Is there one message or phone call in particular that, that kind of, oh, it's, it was nice to hear from that person that kind of sticks out in your mind that they reached out to you on that day? Yeah, obvi- you know, beyond the obvious, you know, my fiance and my parents, a lot of my old uh, baseball coaches through my youth was really cool to see. And just seeing, you know, a bunch of friends that I haven't talked to in a while reaching out and saying they were watching and just a cool situation, especially since like it's in Oklahoma, they don't get that feed. So they had to really go out of their way to, to go watch that. That's a cool feeling. Yeah, you're going to have to teach everybody in Oklahoma how to get Sportsnet in Canada, how to figure that out. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a very cool story. As I said, I'm a sucker for a major league debut. I'm glad yours went well. Uh, you've got a finance and accounting degree that I know you worked hard at to finish that up this past year. I guess you're going to kind of set that aside for the moment and see if this baseball thing's going to work out for you. Huh? Yeah, hopefully I can keep that on the back burner as long as possible. I think it'll be on the back burner for a while. Appreciate you doing this, Thomas. Congratulations, continued success, and looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season goes for you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I think it's safe to say that Thomas can put the accounting and finance degree to the side for a little while at least. He's got a very bright future. He pitched well. The Blue Jays have high hopes for him, and he figures to be a pretty busy guy pitching for the Blue Jays in the coming years. Our thanks to him for spending some time with us today and our thanks to you as always for listening. A Swing and a Belt is produced by Christian Ryan. I'm Dan Schulman. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and we'll see you again next time. You swing and a belt, left field, way back. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life.